Welcome back for episode 32 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on May 25th, 2016 on Twitch.tv. Big shout out to the chat here. Thank you so much for spending your evening with us. This is your host, Blue Crew 86 Alongside me, we have the infamous owner of a potato internet connection, Justin Sane 0516. Stack up. Next up is the third member of our merry little band, our friendly neighborhood spokesman for paying, Steamin' Willie Beeman. I have Red Bull tonight, so I'm in it for the long haul. We were going to have Bife, our favorite sultry tiger, back with us now that he's finally free from warlock school, but apparently the combination of sleep deprivation and the kryptonite-like effect of the topic of the reef wars on his system were too much, but still be sure to give him some love on Twitter and over on YouTube, regardless of his uh, playing hooky on tonight's episode. The topic of today's chat is going to be a basic dive into the lore of the reef wars. Before we get into that, however, I do want to run through some quick notes. Our last chat was a discussion over the Ishtar Collective. If you missed that and have any interest in hearing our thoughts, please be sure to check out www.focusfirechat.com for archives of all previous chats, as well as links to all our other various webpages. If you don't mind, please give us some feedback on iTunes or through our email, focusfirechat at gmail.com, to let us know how we're doing. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Wednesday, at around 10 p.m. Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. Next week's chat is going to be our fourth Extra Lore episode, and it's going to be a discussion over the Dark Souls lore. So with that all being said, let's go ahead and dive into what we know about the Reef Wars. One of the things you know about the Reef Wars is that the best document we have of it is the Maraid, which is by the artifact, the Chronicle of Queen Marisol of the Awoken, compiled by the Primarchs of the Reek Cryptarchy. Which, you know, there's some questions on that. Like, um, Blue, I think you guys broke down Primarchs in the chat. Um, yeah, as I, yes. You want to? I don't. Re- <laughs> I don't remember. I, so this is to be, okay. Let me let me just preface this entire thing. Last week I was out of town. This week I didn't have internet, so I <laughs> I came wow. back so, and I'm like ah. So yes. So are we done with the Blue Crew eighty six excuse hour? Yes. Can we, we move on? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm thinking Alpha Rahul. That's what a Primarch is. Yeah, well, we know that they... That's his final form. That's his final form. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just a high-ranking cryptarch. I don't right. know how much more you can break that down. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it just seems like something that would... Um, I guess cryptarchs are rather fond of documenting things. So oh, yeah. it, it would make sense. Yeah. And um, another interesting thing about the Maraid is we do not have the entire book. Um I believe it does start at the chapter 10 book book seven. seven. Mm -hmm. And I have that here. Skulls, Kella Kells, the Maraid book seven, chapter 10 abstract. The transmission was broadcast on all fallen frequencies. 
lacking at the time the ability to crack fallen encryptions. The master of crows could only discern that only that the fallen houses were all talking to each other. That was a thing that never happened before. Then the tycoons looked earthward. They saw the fallen there becoming bolder. Tactics suggested they were planning a massive attack. We had no interplanetary arrays, no way to warn Earth. We thought we would be able to do nothing but watch. But then the wolves arrived from the Jovians. Their army was hundreds of thousands, perhaps millions strong, a dark wave that washed over the reef, rushing toward the Earth. As soon as we saw them, it was clear that if the wolves reached Earth, the city would fall. Seemingly oblivious to our existence, the bulk of the wolf fleet stopped to regroup at Ceres. The Queen's decision was this. Attack the House of Wolves, thereby saving Earth but revealing the Reef's presence to any and all enemies in the Quadrant. Or remain silent, preserving the Reef's invisibility but allowing the city to perish. Her harbingers ripped into Ceres, destroying the asteroid and killing Varexus, Kell of Wolves, and more than half his house. The remaining wolves scattered, burrowing deep into the belt for cover. There, new claimants to the Kell ship quickly arose. Erxus, Wolf Baroness, Paraxis, the Howling, and Skolas, the Rabbit. And if you play the game, you're, you're pretty familiar with Skolas, so... Well, if you've been playing it since year one, at least. And you don't the like end. him. You probably don't like him much. I think he's <laughs> actually Buffalo. a great guy. He's yeah, awesome I mean, now. Have you have you gone to see him lately? No, I, oh, yeah, I paid enough for oh, as there was. He's a blast now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go see him. He's a great person at this point in his life. Go see Uncle Skolas now. He's awesome. <laughs> um, he gives real you candy. Quick, real quick. Uh, I did want to touch, I, I just kind of put this together in my head, <clears throat> on the Primarchs, right? Think about it, uh, we, we know that they are over the cryptology, but also just think about breaking out, breaking down the word Prime and Arc. Arc is basically to rule, that's what it means. So you think of Monarch, you know, the sovereign head of state, anything like that. Arc is the piece of the word that means to rule, so an example of monarch, it's to rule alone because monos is the first part and then arkin is the last. With primarch, it's almost the the prime ruler of the cryptography is my yeah, two cents of that. Nailed it, Blue. I, I was busy last week, but that's um, – so I didn't get to chime in a lot. But that is one of the things. Primark to me doesn't seem like all the cryptarchs are trained over at the reef. But you know, I think no, they probably a more, a ma- yeah, majority of them are from Earth. You know, all they they have master Ives at least, and we don't know if there's any other cryptarchs. Um, well, we know that they had a school. They had a giant library within the reef. That you know, we'll we'll get to that here in a bit. That was one of that the. Was, that was one was, of the huge cruel things that Skolas did. So, <laughs> yeah, one of one yeah, of the well, very many. That is true. So, and, and to me, that that's like the uh, the burning of the Library of Alexandria was yeah, with that yeah. with that with, that was totally what like I was reading that card and I'm like, wow, this is this is a wonder of the universe. This is the wonder of the solar system. I'm sure there's nine wonders, you know. 
because we yeah. all love that number. But this was the destruction of one of those wonders is how that read. But like I said, I think we'll we'll cover that in a little bit. But yeah, also what that card does for me, it's, I before reading that, I never had any kind of scope on what the House of Wolves was other than what we'd seen in game. Mm-hmm. I didn't I never imagined I was I was thinking bands of pi- like little packs of wolves, right. you know, and uh, talking about them numbering in the thousands um, and seeing like the I want a cut scene with that giant fleet coming through. Oh, um, and then, yeah. So and also kind of an uncharacteristic move on the part of the queen engaging. But you could almost argue it's in her best interest anyways, if the city right. falls. And that was that was definitely part of the conversation near the end that I was. She's able got to problems. In. Well, she's yeah. playing. She's she's playing a long chess game. Yes, and you know we'll we'll talk about a little bit about that as well. I did want to also touch on the maraid real fast. Sorry, I've been trying to get all this stuff set up. The maraid also is a possible nod to the Aeneid, which is a historical poem written by Virgil. And it was named after Aeneas, who was, according to legend, was the founder of Rome, who came from Troy. So he was a Trojan who went through these great quests to ultimately become the founder of Rome. And if you think about it like that, then the Marid, Maraid is named after Mara Sav, who is the queen of the reef. And the other interesting thing about this is we have access to book seven and eight. In the Aeneid, the the first half of the the series, the saga is mostly his journeys. It's mostly just the discovery of Italy and or of the Latin area and stuff like that. Whereas the second half of the Aeneid is more of a martial mo- model. Um, Virgil, it's it's thought that Virgil was modeling off of this, off of Homer's Odyssey and the Iliad. And the second half was more of the Iliad, whereas the first half was more of the Odyssey, which is actually kind of backwards, but we won't get into that. But we have books seven and eight from the Maraid, which are the tales of the wars in the reef. Well, the second half of the Aeneid is the battles which led to the founding of Rome. And so it's... uh, it's also it's a, just a really interesting parallel that I think we kind of touched on that in chat as well, but did want to I did want to say that as well. Oh, so, have, good. Good having said that, having, having said, said that, that I've got chapter one of book eight right. of the Maraid, and uh, it is wanted Metro Orbix eleven. Um. Status escaped from the prison of elders at large. Um, abstract. After the scatter, the front runner for the Kel ship was Eryxus, Wolf Baroness. While Skolas and Perexus scrambled over the Calyx servitors, Eryxus secured the command of the Orbix servitors. Their history is still unclear, but the Orbix originate with either another fallen house, perhaps, perhaps one that the wolves absorbed long ago, or a modification of the Calyx servitors. Either way, the Orbic servitors held, held permissions on Calyx servitors, which allowed Erxus to wreak havoc among her rival's forces at the start of the Reef Wars. So this is still when the Fallen are fighting one another. Right. And well, in the whole of the Reef War really was a, an infight between the Fallen. 
But the cool thing about this card that I found was that it sets up the hierarchy within the servitors. Yes. It's like, you know, there's, there's a, we already knew that there's a prime servitor and we know that there's different types of servitors. You have the pilot and all that. But this also gives you indication that even among those types, even among primes, there's a hierarchy. And which makes sense, actually. I want to know who programmed it. <laughs> I I have a theory, but <laughs> oh, I don't I don't know. I want to hear it later. <laughs> sounds sounds good. So then and then what what comes next is obviously chapter two which is found on the wanted Picus, the disavowed card. And this is another one of the prison of elders prisoners who escaped. And it says the Maraid book set put book eight, chapter two abstract. What Picus's assault lacked in finesse. It made up for in sheer numbers and desperation. Eryxus's catches were pinned against Eos and the two sides engaged in the bloody, bitter battle known as the Eos Clash, which left Eryxus dead and both feats nearly decimated. In the aftermath, the crows salvaged one Orbix servitor, Metcher Orbix 11, believed to be the last of its programming. Though technically a victory for Skolos, the Eos Clash came at a terrible cost for him. He docked Picus's arm and demoted him to Dreg as punishment for his recklessness. After the Eos Clash, Skolas changed his strategy. So, it does... The other thing that this one shows to me was that even Skolas the Rabid, as many of them know, even he has a line which it's kind of like he recognizes a Pyrrhic victory. You know, it's, it's, not, worth, it's not worth winning a battle if you're going to lose a war. Because they're running on limited resources, so that's yeah. That's, this was at a point in the Reef Wars where the different people that were well, not people, but fallen one that were vying for Kel um, were also vying for resources, right? Which you know it didn't work out for him in the long run. So let's just rip Peeks' arms off and demote him down to a drag and. He's still a pretty annoying drag. He's almost up there with Greg the drag as far as health goes. Mm-hmm. Almost. Mm-hmm. He's so the one next. that spawns on the moon, right? Yeah, with the annoying shotgun. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he just wrecks, dude. Greg the drag still lives on, just like Randall the Vandal. Randall the Vandal. Um, oh, Randall. It, 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 he doesn't have the same flair that he used to, but he's still still pretty OP for Vandal. Whose name is Randall. <laughs> Nothing like Frank the Shank. Frank the Shank can just go somewhere. <laughs> um, we have the chapter three of book eight. Abstract. With Skellis and Paraxis still fighting, no one expected either to attack the reef. So by the time Paladin Avrazire arrived at the Amethyst, it was too late. The Silent Fang, led by Drevis herself, had massacred almost everyone in the station, including the Coven leader, Pinar Venge. Paladin Zyre gave chase and followed the Fang to Iris, where behind the glare of Iris's brightness, a wolf catch lay in wait. But the catch was no match for Zyre's smaller, faster ships or her ferocity. 
When the battle of Iris was over, however, it was not Drevisus at Zyre's feet. It was Paraxis. Greyor, another of Scolus's loyal vassals, had attacked Paraxis' catch at the same time that Drevis had attacked Amethyst. He, too, had lured Paraxis to Iris. Then the Silent Fang had used Iris's unusual brightness to disappear just as Zyre and Paraxis arrived in the system. So, that describes quite a bit of action <laughs> in this card here. And, um, of course, Pinar Venge, I don't, don't think they... Yeah, do they make the connection to Petra throughout the books that we have? I don't think they do. Um... I guess we'll find out. They do, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a roundabout connection. Okay. That's what I was saying. They don't specify if that's, you know, well, some of the items, some of the flavor speed, the flavor text and stuff like that. You'll get, you'll get, you'll get get details. So these are are just abstracts remember that. So these are just summaries of the actual chapters. So, I mean, even though we have, I mean, we don't even actually have the actual text of the Marade. We have abstracts of that text, which is something to keep in mind as well. Yeah, that's true. They are just summaries pretty much. But good action pack card. And um, uh, we can uh, touch on the next one, which is Drevis, the Wolf Baroness, who... Am I wrong? Is it, was she not the first female fallen we heard of? Um, I can't remember. Off the I can't remember one before. But I, I think know. that's the first time they pointed out a fallen being female. Um, yeah, just because, oh, and that's Udo. just simply because of the title. There's one before her. The Ghost Fragment Hunter card. I was about to say, I, but when when okay. was that introduced? Yeah. But that was, a vanilla, that was a vanilla that was card, wasn't it? Vanilla. I'm looking right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was okay. a vanilla card. Well, I'm going to move on with Drevis Wolf Baroness. Um, wanted Drevis Wolf Bar- Baroness status escaped from the prison of elders at large. The Maraid, Book 8, Chapter 4. Abstract. After a string of defeats at Amethyst, at Hygieia, arguably at Iris, Prince Aldrin's crows finally made headway against the wolves' encryption. They quickly discovered a seemingly unimportant piece of information. The House of Wolves had incorrectly calculated the eccentricity of the asteroid Bamberga. So Paladin Imogen Rife, pa- I'm sorry, Paladin Imogen Rife chased Drevis, the Wolf Baroness, directly into, into Bamberga's trajectory. Drevis's catch was destroyed, and both she and her high servitor, Calix IV, were captured. It was the first decisive Reese victory since the scatter. But on her way back to Vesta with her captives, Paladin Rife was attacked at Palace. And to touch back on the conversation we had right before this, it is Ghost Fragment Fallen. And ah, I believe it. that it was in Vanilla and it was a Baroness from the House of Exile. Oh, cool. It says so. that it was a fallen in exile colors, bannered in the marks of a baron. Though the flags were claw-torn and stained with hive ash, she was alone. I think she must have lost her crew. So I managed to be wrong and right. Yes. Which is... Way to go. So, out of, out of a 50-50 <laughs> chance, 
you proved to be both. Yeah. The, the coin flip landed on the edge and it stood. Nice. Well, <laughs> it's me we're talking about here. Um, so I just wanted to real quick from this card, a lot of these places they talk about in the reef, sometimes it's easy to, they're like in outer space and you just, you don't even think about what they are. But these are actually asteroids mm-hmm. that are in the reef. And a lot of them you can actually find. They're actually, Bamberga is a real asteroid. It's the 10th largest in the reef. And it does have an eccentric orbit. So when they say that the the wolves misjudge Bamberga's eccentricity, they they miscalculated its orbit and actually crashed into it. Um, and it's, but I, Iris, Pallas, they're all asteroids. And they actually have numbers. Uh, we actually have these all linked up in the mind map. There is only one that we don't have a link to, and that's Amethyst, obviously. Um, and it's actually three two four Bamberga, um, and that is that's the one that we were just talking about. And all those links are in the mind map that will be linked in the show notes. So, and also, yes. also, um, Paladin Rife was attacked at Palace. Can I assume she won because we have the Shader Palace victorious? Uh, she, well, she won in, so she won in capturing Calyx 4 and capturing Drevis. But that wasn't at Palace. That was not at Palace. That was, but you've got the shader from House of Wolves, Palace Victorious, that turns you purple. Willie should love that one. Willie should love that one. I actually, uh, I've been using, um. It's not called Undercity. There's a new one that's just like straight up purple. And I've been rocking that. Is it called the Grimace? No, it's not called the Grimace. Um, I was was trying to push us too far off off topic. (laughs) Yeah, look what you did, Justin. Why why do you got to do this to me? Um, Why you do this? So going, going back to your question. Uh, Paladin, are you? Let me make sure I'm remembering this one. So it's Paladin Imogen Rife, and mm-hmm. pa- <clears throat> this Paladin, she she was one of the most important commanders in the Reef Wars. Uh, she was in multiple battles, and actually, she has a connection to a weapon called Payment Set or Payment Six. She was actually killed at Palace. Um, so she was killed by Pyrsus, who is known as the Bane of Pallas. And that is actually what Payment 6 was. It was commissioned by Paladin Halem Finn in memory of his mentor, Imogen Rife. So, so in a word, no. <laughs> she did not win at Pallas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Moving on. <laughs> All right. And so next we have Weeksis the Meek. I can, you want me to take that one for you real quick, Justin? Yeah. Okay. So Weeksis the Meek, this is book eight, chapter five, and it says abstract. Under Skolas's vassal Pyrsis, called Palace Bane, the wolves amassed the largest wolf fleet that had been seen since the scatter. The queen could not use her harbingers against them. If she did, Imogen Rife and her fleet and all the people of Palace would have been killed as well. 
For years the siege endured. At first, neither side dared to attack the other. On Pallas, Paladin Rife knew that Pyrsus had the firepower to destroy the asteroid. Above Pallas, Pyrsus held back, hoping to rescue Drevis and Calix IV and the other wolves that Paladin Rife had captured at the Battle of Bamberga's Wrath. The Queen sought to defuse the siege by sending Armada Paladins Abrazire and Car- Carmala Rior into the Hildian asteroids, where Skolas was rumored to be hiding. But with the help of his tactician Beltric the Veiled, Skolas thwarted them. The stalemate over Pallas was broken by, of all beings, a dreg. Ironically dubbed Weeksis the Meek, the dreg led dozens of followers in an unsanctioned attack on Pallas. They managed to blast a hole in the Athens hull, but were stopped soon after by Commander Halem Finn. Weeksis and the other surviving followers were imprisoned alongside those they had come to save. So... Yeah, they uh, basically, you know, tried to do a a desperate Leroy Jenkins move, and it, uh, in true fashion, did not did not go over well. So, I'm trying to think, there 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 was a familiar rescue mission. I've seen this in a movie somewhere, but did it end in the same fashion? Yes, okay. except everybody was murdered. <laughs> Nobody got in prison. No everybody one got in prison. Everyone, everyone just died. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's one of those things. It was, uh, but this is, so this is the, this was the answer to your question, Justin. You know, just no would have done it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I wanted to read a grimoire card to you. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. So, so if I had to hung around long enough, I'd yeah, have exactly, answered my Exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> and then the next the next card is Pierce's Palace Bane. And so this is this is book eight, chapter six of the Maraid, which I want to always call the Mad Raid every time I see this word. I want to call uh, it the Maraid. The Maraid. Okay. <laughs> so the abstract on this one is Weeks's attack may have been unsuccessful, but it inspired another deadlier assault. This time Pyrsus, the bane of Pallas herself, led another strike, blasting through the same Athens hull breach that Weeksis had weakened in his assault. Pyrsus' strike team managed to free Calix IV, but Paladin Imogen Rife cut them off outside Drevis's cell. Pyrsus might have escaped, but she refused to retreat without Drevis. Paladin Rife destroyed Calix IV to prevent the wolves from recovering it, and eventually the wolves were forced back but not before Pierces slew Paladin Rife with her own blade. Finally, Commander Helm Finn, Imogen's Rife protege, was able to establish a line of communication with the rest of the reef. Working with the Tetians and the Crows, they created an enormous visual illusion of the Harbingers, making it seem as if the Queen had finally decided to cut her losses and destroy the asteroid. It worked. The false harbingers so scared the wolf fleet that they broke ranks. Then the combined forces of Commander Finn, Paladin Leona Bryle, and Paladin Kamala Rior slammed, capturing Pyrsus, Palisbane, and driving the rest of the wolves off. Helm Finn brought Drevis to Vesta, years after Imogen Rife had set out to do so. As a reward for his service, the queen bequeathed him Rife's place among the seven paladins. So that was a bit of a 
bit of an information dump on that one. Yeah, that is the Harbinger fake out card. And this, what we're calling that one. right, right. And this is this is to give it in a line in the in the picture of the timeline for the refors. This is kind of getting close to the end. So that it also has the sense that when they say you know the queen had the queen had finally decided to cut her losses and just destroy the asteroid, she was getting it was you know years into this campaign that had been probably dragging the people of the reef pretty pretty low as far as resources and patience and you know they, this was guerrilla tactics on both sides there's political intrigue on all sides of the the conflict so that's probably not in that's also another piece that probably helped that bluff go through was she's done she's done playing and the gloves are coming off is kind of what was the, how i read that one Yeah, no, I'm with you. And, and so the uh, I'm sorry, I no, started no, to no. talk and then the words went away. Um, so real quick, just so we're all on the same page. I know there's not a clear picture of any of this because it's destiny. Um, but a paladin, are we saying that's we, we may have to break down the difference between a paladin, a tetune a witch and well i would hold i would wait there because the witches seem to be the same as the tetunes um okay because if you think if you think about it the tetunes are explained to be in covens and the coven the i I guess you could call it the the royal coven i don't we don't know we don't know how many covens of tetunes are there we know that there are more tetunes than we see in the coven because they they are the ones who raise Petra, um, and so we also kind of get a sense that they are trained throughout their life. It is a it's a you know uh, it's like a it's it's like an arcane school basically. So it's almost like the reef version of a warlock, almost. Yeah, uh, they've devoted their life to understanding. They're they're harbinger whispers. Uh, yeah, but there's also a technical element on them as well. That we know that the Tetunes have cybernetic enhancements that are embedded in them. Yes. Uh, we have a couple items that are like, or um, I can't, I don't have it pulled up right at the moment. But there's a there's an item that is it it tells us that they have cybernetic enhancements on them. Um, and so, yes, I, I want to say yes. It is like an awoken. Warlock, but it's also no. The best I, I think of them as in if anyone's familiar with Shadowrun, the um, techno mages. They that's what it reminds me of. They they have magic, but they enhance it and they augment it through the use of technology to you to better control things. That's how we. That's how I picture the the Tetchens. and we know of the seven in the coven. Which are Ilion, Nasia, Sidia, Kali, Shuro, Lissel, and Portia. Um, now, there's a lot of interesting things that we kind of learned throughout the Taken King piece, which we'll not, we're not really going to get into right now. But on the topic of Tetchens, we learn a lot about them from the Taken King. Um, you know, just from the very opening cinematic of the Taken King, you get that. And so... 
we do understand that there is a hierarchy, just like any coven, there is a hierarchy in there. And Ilian is apparently what's called the coven mother. Now, what we also learn is that Callie is not a fan of Ilian. And interesting enough, Callie, Sedia, and Shiro are all actually killed in the, um, the attack that we all see in the opening cinematic. That's how we also, we also learn about that from the Telesto card. So in which that then leads to the whole conversation about harbingers. <laughs> so it's, a, okay. it's a, it's a connected spider web. And again, we have, we have most of that connected on the mind map, especially who is who in the touching coven. Um, so the long, long answer is, that and the short answer is <laughs> no, they're not. I think what you mean, Blue, is it, it's all a big circle. It's just a big circle. Um, I don't know what a tech witch is, but it actually reminded me a lot of um, the hell was that game where you're supposed to be like it's kind of supposed to be based on a Greek mythology, but there were cybernetics involved. Oh, two like humans. Two humans. Two human. Yes, that was an amazing it, game. If you have it not played that good. game, was, if you have not played that underrated. game, yes, you need to go play that game. It is an okay. amazing game. But that's so, um, <laughs> no. Go ahead. Don't get me started on that game. Yeah, I won't. I'll. I'll just keep us moving. I believe we're on. I was book just. Eight. Go yeah, ahead, I was Jessica. just gonna real quick before we moved on. I was gonna say, uh, real world, we have a uh, um, some reference on a paladin and a. Harbinger, a paladin, uh, was one of the foremost warriors of Charlemagne's court, uh, and a harbinger is kind of a herald of something to come. My biggest thing is the harbinger in game kind of seems like the thing, not something talking about the thing. Well, the harbinger is the big. We also ship. we also know that they have soul machines in the Awoken, which. Uh, we were talking about that over in the discord chat. It's really, really interesting. Um, I can't, I think it was the ghost fragment, the queen. It's it, like the opening line is it's talking about soul machines and it's hissing and putting out gas and stuff like, and it's like this really creepy kind of room, but, and it also, then that's when they also started talking about harbingers and the whole situation with the crows infringing on the nine and Skolossus release. So, Continue as you were, Willie. Are you sure? Are you sure? I'm sure. Right. Wait, one right. second. Wait. Yeah. Okay. Go before we change our mind. <laughs> All right. Chapter seven. <laughs> Abstract. Finally, Beltric the Veiled left the Hildians and massed his fleet at Fortuna to replenish his catches either from the organic compounds found on the asteroid surface. His ships landed on Fortuna one at a time, the rest forming a defensive screen around its surface. He believed that Paladin Zyre would attack the screen and destroy her fleet against the shield wall. But Aberzire's fury over the Battle of False Tidings had chilled over the years into an icy, clever resolve. She separated her forces into two and engaged Beltrix Vale with what he thought was her entire host. But in secret... Aber deployed a second fleet with the weapon of the reef that had been working on since the Bamberga. Carbidius, 
a gravity weapon strong enough to knock out the asteroids off course. Kerbidius caught asteroid Tanet in its beam and flung it into Fortuna, destroying both and severely damaging Beltric's fleet. Beltric was easily captured in the ensuing chaos and brought swiftly to the Queen. The fight had become known as the Fortuna Plummet, as are, on occasion, the remains of Fortuna and Tanet as well. After the Fortuna Plummet, one of Prince Aldrin's crows returned with a new message from the Fallen, by the name of Variks of House Judgment. Ooh. So, there, there you go. There's the Variks intro. He saw the, the Fallen get wrecked. He's like, I come help you instead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the whole thing that the whole thing about Carbidius, it reminds me of the interdictor cruisers from Star Wars. <clears throat> Which are you talking about the weapon? No, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, the Carbidius. It just reminds me of the interdictor class star destroyers. They're there's the star destroyers. Oh my gosh. Okay. The nacho. Well, it's a gravity oh, weapon. Oh, there's the Nacho. Yes, Jesus. Yeah. Okay. So the interdictor class star destroyer. It was a variant of the imperial class star destroyer, but it was equipped mm-hmm. with gravity well projectors. So the it Nacho. actually used gravity manipulation as a weapon against their enemy fleets. It, it would change the field because in space combat, you know, gravity's kind of an annoying thing to all of a sudden be present or not present. It could also stop. Cl- it could also stop ships from jumping into hyperspace. I think that's why they always use lasers, because lasers are like, it well, needs gravity. The fun thing about interdictors is they could I, curve lasers. the lasers. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that. Okay, okay, <laughs> moving on. You're saying blue? No, I was just saying, um, it just that's what it always reminded me of whenever I read about Carbidius. Caribidus. Caribidus. Um. At least Carpidious. the description of the yeah. weapon. There, <clears throat> there's also the issue of the Greek mythology of Caribidius, the sea monster from the Odyssey. Does do you want to talk about that, or do you want to? We're going from the Reef Wars to Odyssey. Oh, I'm going to. The, oh, it's the Reef Wars. Oh, like, oh, the Reef. Yeah, Odysseus. Um, the sea monster Cabidius was the, so like there was a part in the Odyssey, it was book 12, where Odysseus had to sail between two monsters, Carbidius and Scylla. And Scylla was another, it was, they were both sea monsters and Carbidius was basically, it, it was basically imagined as a whirlpool and it was, I think it was the Strait of Messina, yeah, I don't remember. In- Messina? Messina. Jesus, no. See, I remember um, them getting into a giant storm, but I didn't remember it being... Oh, yeah, yeah. This was, this, was, this was later. This was around the time when they, you know, they started going through the trials, really. And it was basically... Yeah. That's where the, the, the phrase to be between Skilla and Carbidius kind of came from in that time. It was basically to be between a rock and a hard spot. Um... But Carbidius was uh, was basically presented as a whirlpool, and because the ability that that monster had was, it was said three times a day, they, she would swallow a huge amount of water before belching it back out again. 
and it created these huge whirlpools that were basically designed to drag ships underneath the water. Um, the, and so it, it, and there's, there's a lot of different stories in there. She's also, and she's also mentioned in Jason and the Argonauts. And then actually I think Aesop had a nod to her as well. So, but that's also just the name. So, if if you're fighting in an asteroid field, though, that is like the most OP weapon ever. Yeah, no, I mean, that's what I mean, is that's the you know, manipulation of gravity in zero G. It's like, hey, I'm flying, flying where there's no gravity. All of a sudden, there's a body of gravity pulling. I mean, you're, well, you're screwed. It's bad enough in open space where they right. can screw with your flight path. But when they can make other things fly to you, that's bad news bears. Well, and we know that the Scions do the same thing from the Cabal. Yeah, one would assume with the uh, with the being able to move these giant mm-hmm. asteroids, it had to be a pretty BFG, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. It also you're reminds not, me. Yeah. You're also. It also reminds me of the Yuuzhan Vong from Star Wars. So, anyone who knows their Legends expanded universe, they were a race who. Everything that they had was a natural um, weapon. So it was all about natural. There was no technology in their entire species. And the way that they moved their ships was gravity manipulation. So that's what I mean. There's there's a lot of in science fiction and science fantasy and all these. There's a lot of obviously nods to gravity manipulation. And it's a it's a big, big, powerful weapon if you know how to use it. Yeah, you know, I read a paper one time over how a UFO's uh, flight mechanism would actually work. You know, the mm-hmm. classic flying saucer UFO? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know how they always had the spinning disc? Mm-hmm. It it literally said that the, the most plausible way that one of those would work is it would actually create, using gravity ma- manipulation, a hill. Wherever it was, it would create a hill, and it oh. would slide downhill. So no matter where it went, sliding it down, it was constantly sliding downhill. It, it was always rolling downhill. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. I thought it was pretty. And cool. how did it make the crop circles? Is that how it made the crop circles? No, oh, no, that was circle, that was from drunk farmers. Yeah, mm. that's what they did. <laughs> one of those numbers. <laughs> the truth is out there, gentlemen. The truth is out there. <laughs> um, no, the other that, the other fun the thing is the song. other fun thing is the asteroid Tinet. If you, uh, Tinet means toilet. Nice. I'm yeah. using that. I'm using that from now on. And omelette du fromage means cheese omelette. Oh, I, I thought that was going somewhere completely different. So, um, having said that, let us move on to, I think, Blue has Calyx 12 for us, does he not? Yes, I do. So we're going to do book eight, chapter eight. And this is found on the wanted Calyx 12 card. And it says abstract in desperation. Skolox personally led an all out assault on the military fortress of Cybele. Little did he know that the queen knew of his plan. Thanks to the word of Varix of the house of judgment. No sooner had Skolox's catches arrived at the asteroid than all four Amada paladins, Abrazire, Kamala Rior, Leona Bryle, and Halem Finn, caught him in a pincer movement. Calyx-12, the high servitor of Shrivix, the sharp-eyed, tried to escape, but Abrazire chased it down. 
Skolas's Cybrell uprising had failed. He, Skivrix, Calix-12, and the rest of his leaders were cast into the Queen's prison. The Reef Wars were effectively over. Wow. Now we know why uh, Skolas hates Varric so much. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that was, well, that was and- Varric's selling out right there in that card. Right, and to keep in mind, this is all from the Maraid, which is the Awoken's retelling of the Reef Wars. We're going to touch on a few other points of view on a few other Grimoire cards later, too. So, But real quick, Justin, you want to take Savix, the Queen Breaker? I've got the Queen Breaker on hand. Um, this is from Chapter 8, I'm sorry, Book 8, Chapter 9 of the Maraid. Or the Maraid, uh, depends on your, your inclination there. Wanted, Savix Queenbreaker. Status, escape from the prison of elders at large. Abstract, Varix, the House of Judgment, declared Queen Marasov the new Kell of Wolves and advised those captured at Sivel to serve her. The first among these to pledge their loyalty to the queen was one called Savix, who was given the honor of serving in the queen's throne room to the right of the queen herself ha 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 see book (laughs) see book nine chapter three subsection the queen breakers so real quick vanilla destiny you go see the queen for the first time this is the 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 wolf to the right to her right yeah to the to our left uh our left our left Right. And it's it's interesting because, you know, in in reality, the the seat on the right was a place of high honor. So I, I'm not sure I'm assuming that the Awoken would have a similar kind of social understanding of that, which that, I mean, that so would make sense since this is where the does the Aldrin stand in front that's got a knife to your throat. That's gotta hurt. Yeah. Eh, he's too emo. We're not worried about him. I th- thought it was interesting that Savix would be called the Queen Breaker. You well, know, he's he's also well, one of the ones that <laughs> yeah, was that, the first to betray. Yes. Yeah. Well. Okay. Fine. And and as far as cutscenes go, as far as cutscenes go, that teaser for the House of Wolves, mm-hmm. where it's got the it's got the I, I'm guessing is it a it's an Awoken. Well, it's still woken, but yeah, it's the Royal Guard floating. It's like floating, yeah. Oh man, that was a good one. Yeah, that was. I know everyone likes to. Everyone likes to get down on House of Wolves, but at least that cutscene, the cutscene that introduced the House of Wolves, is still the one in the snow too. Yeah, or that might have been the same one. I think it's it is the same one. It's one of my favorite ones because just the emotion in that, the emotion in that particular scene was just like you could tell, and and the the tone of her voice yeah. and she was like you could tell she's pissed <laughs> oh no yeah so, i don't know who voiced marsov but she's amazing i can't remember the name offhand she was in the um behind the scenes thing oh well that, um, that blue it for blue you're <laughs> supposed to know this you're you're the no stuff guy what the hell's wrong with you hmm huh? <laughs> potter Kirsten Potter, that's it. She was amazing. 
yeah, she she did a kick ass job as Mario. Um, especially that house. I think you're talking about the House Wolves teaser, right? Right, right. Yeah. Well, that and yeah. the, the just the introductory cinematic was amazing. But really quick, just one last one from the Marade. And this is the wanted Velenix the Ravenous. And this is book eight, chapter 10. And the abstract is, though many wolves knelt to the queen, some refused to admit the war was over. A group of the wolves rallied under the banner of a new would-be kill, Velenix, called the Ravenous. But before Velenix could strike at the reef, the reef struck at him. Lieutenant Petra Vinge, a corsair who served under Paladin Abrazire during the Hildian campaign, hunted down and captured Velenix. And so this is actually, you know, to answer to answer Justin's question about Petra, this is actually kind of where she gets introduced and she kind of makes her name before she kind of throws it all away. But so you mean by killing us, right? Threw it all away by killing all of us. Uh, killing nine of us. Yeah. But I was about to say, didn't, didn't we have specifics yes. on how bad Petra messed up? Three fire she's teams. A, she bombed she's them. She's a maniac. <laughs> well, three three strike fire teams, not three raid fire teams. Let's not right. get right. Which is nine? No, they were they were patrol fire teams. Mm-hmm. They're just standing around dancing after killing some dregs. The next thing you know, <sighs> well, in you know, in Petra's defense, which that the grimoire card kind of explains is she's like. They're insane. <laughs> they don't understand proper warfare, which, again, look at how the cabal freak out whenever we do this. They I mean, it makes perfect sense that they would not expect you. You don't expect someone to walk into sudden death. But the thing is, with Guardians is we don't care because we can be resurrected. So well, yeah, I honestly we can be resurrected like- as long as we have our ghost. <laughs> sitting there which is kind of what happened was she bombed it so bad that the ghosts were destroyed basically and ever since reading the cabal card where they talk about us dancing and Mm -hmm. doing tricks on our sparrows i can't help but think that's you know that's Bungie just straight up incorporating that the fact that we do these things we've always done these things i mean and they get a headshot do a little jig Right, and they've done that since Vanilla. I mean, even in the Osiris card, there was the nod to the frustration that people had about strikes and the cryptographies and all that. Yeah, they made they made Rahul brutal on purpose just for that card. Because, I mean, man, he was so rough. It was like, here, here's all these legendary engrams. Where are you going to give me? Uh, here's a blue, a blue, a blue, uh, another blue, and a green. Here you go. Merry Christmas. Oh. True story for those who haven't played <laughs> Vanilla Destiny. Life is crap. It's no <laughs> Yes. Like, he just straight craps on you. Like, you could have all these legendary and you were not guaranteed a legendary or better. Oh, green from a purple? Shoot. All day. All day, man. It was brutal. Especially Seven. for those of us who didn't take advantage of the, um, the loot cave. Like, I didn't hear about it until it was too late. So... A million yeah. lives are not enough for Master Raul. Well, let's be honest. Let's be honest. If that's the way you want to spend your time, I don't have much to say to you anyway. No, I'm just 
No, I just I, I'm not gonna stand there and shoot the man's as they walk out and stand still for two hours. I'll do it for ten minutes. And they're like, <laughs> I'm done. Next, we're gonna go into a uh, a big secret weapon here that we know some things about, but not enough about. Called the Harbingers. An ancient power controlled by the Tekuns, powerful servants of the Queen of the Awoken. The Queen used the Harbingers to destroy Ceres, thus initiating the Reef Wars. The attack killed more than half of the House of Wolves, including their kill. Later, the Queen and her Tekuns created an illusion of Harbingers to trick the remaining wolves into thinking they were destroying the Hildean asteroids. The wolf fleet broke rank, allowing the Awoken army to capture one of their leaders. During the Awoken battle with orcs, the Tekuns assisted the Queen in implanting all the Harbingers except the oldest into the Dreadnought. Remnants of the Harbinger matter has been found on, around Saturn's moons, especially gathered near its 13th moon, the designation Telesto. So that was the, um, I want to say that that is the Ishtar summary for the Harbingers, yes. right? And that is pulled from a you know number of different things. Huge shout out to Forrest on the very good work there. Hey, hey this could be one of the ones that. Uh, That's true. Baxter oh, could have written, but Forrest, Forrest, you know, yeah. either one of them, either one of he them, didn't both. That Forrest just wrote like ninety percent of the stuff. So I think but that was anyways. his number was ninety percent. But um, yeah, we know that they're an ancient power. The Tekkuns control it. Obviously, Mara uses it. Um, very powerful, unless it comes to the Dreadnought. Then they just kind of fade away <laughs> trying to hit it. And, I mean, the, I don't, I still don't know, though, that it's the Harbingers that the Queen's implanting into the. Dreadnought. Yes. You know, I mean, it, it does hint because they are talking about the Harbingers and they do say in that meeting, you know, take all but the, the oldest. But I thought that was to use for the fight against orcs, personally. That That's just, you know, my, my view on it when we went through it. Um, then of course there's a nod to the thirteenth mood to Lesto. But you know. A lot of information there. About a pretty big weapon, but not enough information. Anybody else had a something they want to chime in on that one? On the Harbingers, I think there's a bit to be nodded in the Ghost Fragment Fallen Four. And I think I'm gonna let Justin take that one. All over it. So, Ghost Fragment Fallen 4, The Scatter. This happens long ago, but not too long to matter. Ceres rules the asteroid belt. Ceres is the white queen, the white queen of this space. 400 million kilometers from the sun, Ceres is round. Round means power. Out here, nothing else in the belt is big enough to crush itself into a sphere with its own gravity. Ceres has its own chemical stars, shavings of salt and ice that glint in orbit like a crown. 
There are newer lights, newer stars, newer crowns, warship engines. Another queen is coming to conquer Ceres because Ceres is full of warrens and shipyards and habitats. Because Ceres is round and lucky as a servitor. Because Ceres is full of the wolves she wants to rule. Shark-fierce ships gather in squadrons and tribes. Skiffs, catches. The Kell of Wolves has gathered a fleet here. The Kell of Wolves heard the call and summoned the House of Wolves to prepare for the great battle on Earth. The salvation of the Kell's people depends on their ability to shatter the city. It's a matter of survival. Now the wolf fleet turns to meet the queen. See the squadrons of skiffs wrapping themselves in stealth cold and transparent knifing out invisible and brave. See the catches like broad blades, the bright thoughts of a servitor guiding them to battle. See the tumming, the turning, accelerating, waking up their jammers and their arc guns, all doomed. The Kell of Wolves never made it to the Twilight Gap. The Kell of Wolves put all that strength in one place, and now the Queen of the Reef is going to break it. Out there, coming out of the dark, are the Awoken. Not so great a fleet, is it? Little fighters scattered around like four-pointed thorns. Destroyers and frigates and salvaged hulls pulled out of the reef, and right at the front, at the spear tip, flies the Queen. The wolf kell, practical, brave, tallies strength of metal and equipment. The kell considers the chance that the Awoken have some secret weapon, something gleaned from the hulks of the reef or whispered up by the witches that sets that chance aside. The kell thinks the House of Wolves can win decisively, so the kell sends challenge and warning. I am Lord of Wolves, the kell sends. You are an empty thing with two dead souls. This is my house. These are my terms. Surrender, and I will only take your ships. The Awoken fleet cuts their engines, drifts. Wolf strike elements, torpedo arms, skiffs, hidden under jamming and camouflage, find their firing solutions. The Queen's ship broadcasts, I am noble too, she says, O Lord of Wolves. The Kel doesn't mind a little banter before the kill. It gives the wolf ships longer to draw the battle away from Ceres. The Kel replies, you have no line. You have no power. Captains and barons signal their readiness. Skolas and Pyrsus and Erixus, Drevis, Picus, Paraxus, all of them bound by fear and loyalty, all ready for war. Starlight was my mother, the queen ship whispers in an eerie erratic radio burst. Servitors begin to report a strange taste in the void. And my father was the dark. Here at last, too late, the Kel begins to feel fear. Call on them, then, the Kel sends. One last mocking signal before death and ruin, and see what help they offer. So the queen calls, as only she can. Every servitor and every catch hears it. Every captain and baron roars at their underlings as sensors go blind. As firing solutions falter. As reactions stutter and power systems hum with induction. Stealth fails, space warps, the House of Wolves shouts and spikes of war code, maneuvers, wild fires blind. Behind the Queen's ship, the Harbingers awaken. Holy crap, that's a long one. Okay, so, yeah, and I just, I threw this in chat, but real quick, so obviously, this is the start of the Reef Wars. 
Then what we have is the Eos Clash, the Hygieia, the Raising of Amethyst, the Battle of Iris, or yeah, Iris, the Battle of Bamberga's Wrath, the Siege of Pallas, the Fortuna Plummet, and then finally the Cybele Uprising. And that's roughly the order of the Reforce as far as in in conflicts and we all we, we also have will have all this in the map if you know again a lot of information here so don't don't feel overwhelmed you can just click on that that'll be in the show notes as well um, so some of those some of those quotes are straight from that scene we were talking about right right um i also so i also can't help but see the harbingers as giant nova bombs yeah you know, like it's, oh, and, and it's man. not, it's not, they're not, but that's what they kind of feel like when that's she's talking man. about, when they're talking about reaching into the void and calling. You weren't thinking spirit bomb? I was thinking spirit oh, bomb. Okay, yeah, kind of. Except she actually hit what she was aiming with this spirit bomb. Which, oh, okay. that's rough. <laughs> oh, that's come on, he rough. never hit, uh... Oh, you don't need to, because, you know, anyway, how you, really, you're the first person (laughs) I've ever talked to to disc Goku in such a manner. Oh, he missed. And the one time he did hit, the one time he did hit, he was like, bink, and he just flicked it to the side. We all know that that was a terrible attack. One of these days, I'm going to have a soundboard, so I have my (laughs) virtual bitch smack ready for comments like that. It's going to happen. There we go. Thank you. (laughs) BBS confirms. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So now, that fragment. one was with the baby powder. <laughs> Ghost fragment fallen three, I think, falls to me as well. Ask them our name. Ask your masters what they call you. Ask the hollow, the hateful, the awoken with alien dreams insisted in them. Ask them our name. Fallen. Then name us fallen. Listen to me, wolfborn. Heed me, whirlwind scattered. I am the ghost of Cybele, the cunning claw of Iris, betrayed, chained, encrypted by the queen, sent back from the darkness to save us all. The days of Kell and House end now. The calendar of slavery and abasement goes to the fire. We are a new calendar. We are an age of beginnings. Each of us is a day. I am the first, Kell of Kells. I am the last, Dreg of Dregs. I have conquered and been conquered. I am all of us, and all of us are I. In the shape of my life, I bind up all of us, all of our fury, all of our grief, all the lives we have wasted against each other. Together we speak our new name. Remember the hope that brought us here. Remember the age before the whirlwind. When ether ran free, when we ruled ourselves and our futures as kings, we wanted more than glimmer and glints in here always. Always remember that we came to this star in hope, and remember that we were denied. Remember the city of the death of the children, the city that docks, which claimed for itself the great machine that might have saved us. Remember the city that even now sends its ghouls to murder our primes, starve our ether, and leave our young to die gasping. Curse that city and its name. The curse is just. We gather to take that city and save ourselves from extinction. 
saying to each other, we must be a storm, a whirlwind, a darkness, for it is said that only pain may be stolen from the dark, and we can let no more be stolen from us. We gather to fight against our twilight, king and devil in winter, all of us, but us the wolves. Why? What kept us from the gap? The reef, the queen, the slavers who played us against each other and docked us into subservience, these sly, sterile, un- sterile unpeople, these mirages with cold minds, twin to their own, these carbidous butchers, they set us against each other. She played us. She made herself our kel. We were fools, O oh, children of the whirlwind. We fought each other when we most needed unity. I fought my rivals when I should have fought the queen. But I remember now, my dregs, my captains, my kel. Each of us is all of us. And I remember, we are a people of resilience. I am the kel of kells because I want what we have lost. I am the dreg of dregs because I remember that a dreg will grow back an arm that is lost to him. Ask my name. Ask them with the shock blade and the shrapnel launcher. Ask them with the skiff and the catch. Ask your masters by what right they master you. You who have been hardened by centuries of flight. You who inherit the whirlwind. Ask the queen for her throne. Ask them our name. You are fallen. No more. Am I going to get all the all the really long ones? Is that how you laid this out, Blue? It might. It, yes. I'm, I'm not making any comment towards it's this. Great. So that is the uh, that's um, I have a dream speech by Skolas. <laughs> that's Skolas's presentation of the Reef Wars and his rise to power. Right. So he's a great orator, is he, he not? He is uh, a little. There's there's a few great orators that does that are not great people. Um, yeah. <laughs> One one was really good at yelling and pounding on pulpits and wiping out millions of people. But we're not going to go down that path. Anyways. Um, I was going to ask if you're going to compare Scolas to any real-life politician, who would it be? Benito Mussolini. Is what I was saying. Mussolini or Hitler. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Mussolini he or Hitler. He goes far as well, Hitler. That's a little hard. No, 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 no. no, no. Think about Look it, at what he did. No, but the way he sets up he, – the way he sets up – how these people it's, it's, are dirty yes, and yes, and, yes. And uh, what's the word? What's the word? Treacherous and tricky and and Unworthy. sly and all. Exactly. And like how his people are worthy of the mantle and they're they're yeah. It's it's, it's a total. It's Hitler. I mean, well, it's it's a very the Awoken are pretty damn sneaky. It okay. doesn't no yeah. no, but the, the and they have many secrets. Like yeah, well, validity doesn't doesn't change the fact he, that he he goes as far as calling them unpeople. He de- dehumanizes okay. them to the point where Wait. he butchers he butchers civilians. Have we have we found the first Skolas apologist? No, I'm just saying the the guy. Think about what he's been through. Okay. No. Okay. Okay. I'll All right. All right. Hang on. Hang on. I'll be the okay. Demo. No. 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 I don't okay. even think Damo could defend Skolas. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That that might be a stretch. But if, if Damo was here, he would defend Skolas with me. Uh, he would defend Varix, who did not defend Skolas, because of what Skolas <laughs> did. Hey, Varix <laughs> thought about switching back once Varix started gaining power. 
remember that. He said he he asked a question. He doubted his decision because he thought that Skolas could potentially lead him to the Cal of Cal's. And it was a momentary weakness of Ferex's. But yeah, and Dr. Nimbus in chat, he was called Skolas the Rabid. Um, but no, what I was going to go, what I was actually going to say too is that he just did a call to arms for the fallen to become the whirlwind. Do you remember what the whirlwind was? Exactly. The that whirlwind was them. the darkness, the, the manifestation of the darkness that caused their collapse. He just, he just told every single fallen who follows him. We are now allied with the darkness. So did this, did this, uh, message, did it come when he was in the prison? Well, I think this was when he broke out. This was, you know, after he was freed from the nine. Okay. Yeah. Because this um, was one of the things that Varric's. I was just going to say that would be another another Hitler similarity. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh yeah. Mein Kampf, which was a terrible book. But (laughs) who reads that? How do you know that? I read. I read that. I read that for. I read that for a world history class and did a bookworm blue. No, I would have seriously been like, no, heard about it, brah. Heard it was bad. It's just, (laughs) I just knew it was a book written by Hitler. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to read that. (laughs) You read, like, if you read it, there is, there's not a, yeah, I'm going to piss somebody off, but there's not a lot of logic in that book. It's well, it's a lot of you know to be. Why would that piss about a man that did man. Oh wow, we are going so, so off topic. Yeah, well, I mean, no, focus no, by yeah. the mind cop hating well, asses. I killed him. <laughs> <laughs> that just happened. Damn so. it, <laughs> Oh. It's like the but, one Mike Comp fanboy out there is listening to us. It's just not happening. We're good. Well, I but I mean, again, again. You never just, heard of neo Nazis? Oh, seriously, seriously. But okay, but the reason why I attributed him to Hitler, and you know, Justin's right. Also, Mussolini is because the the deperson the per, depersonalization that he get, that he creates, and the segregation between the fallen and anybody else. It's it's the classic. It's just the classic example right there. That is the prime example. He he basically gives them the excuse to commit genocide against someone who disagrees with them. There is no there is no room for diplomacy. There is only oh wait sword logic. There there's only the room to prove that they are the they are the ones that should exist. I mean that that is by definition sword logic. You you prove that you were right you were right to exist is proven by the fact that you only allow those who you allow to exist to still exist. And so that's why to me Skolas is and in, I mean Skolas is the destiny personification of a Hitler, of a Mussolini. And that's I mean that's my. That's going to be my defense right there. Yeah, with with the dehuman, I can see that. With the, these aren't people; these are monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, the queen does outright say her father is the dark. Um, but and it's it's also is that not a really good line though? 
Oh yeah, no, it was great. great time, also, you know, my mother is the dark, my my or my the light. My father Other is the starlight. Dark. My father is the dark. Like, can you <laughs> imagine that in the cinematic? That's oh, that's oh, right oh, up yeah. here. And then her eyes start glowing, and wind starts moving her hair all funny and shit. And so just just thing, to you know, also f- further go on a tangent. Did anyone else kind of hear the? Oh, I'm going to spell it out for you. Moment oh there. no! That line is up there with "I'm gonna kick you on the left side of your face with my right foot." That's that's the level that that. You know who she actually reminds me of? She reminds me Billy of uh, Khaleesi from Game of Thrones, kind of with that know. line. Is that the midget? No, Khaleesi is the blonde chick that is the mother of dragons. Um. The freer of slaves. Come on, Game of Thrones fans, help me out. The hell with this you're talking, guy. You're talking to two people who don't don't watch nor read that. So, all right. Well, there's someone out there that's going to listen to this, and they're going to be like, "Holy!" They're going to Marisol is like the, for, for the destiny Khaleesi. So, that uh, will actually, honestly, if we want to go that where that route, I get a really strong Galadriel vibe. But not when yeah. she's all peaceful. Not not when she's all no, peaceful. No, no, when, she's pe- when she's like, I'm a thing of this. Thank you. Oh my lord! That's that's the one I get from her. So let's yeah. let's let's move back onto topic. On topic, real quick. So on topic. So the other the other thing is obviously this is this is Skolas's presentation of the Reforce, which is also interesting to note here because he doesn't he doesn't make a point that it wasn't necessarily the Queen that was playing them against each other. It was them playing against each other, trying to use the Queen to to kill each other, which we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit as well. But another another part another purpose here that Skola another point of what the desperation that Skolas was feeling was in, you can see this in the pilot servitor card and it says pilots once mapped the stars. Skolas turned them into weapons. Pilot servitors were not typically utilized as combatants in fallen battle plans. Their purpose was manning the flight of various fallen ships from crew transports to massive war barges. During the reef wars, however, Skolas crafted brutal new tactics to inflict maximum destruction upon the Woken including suicide attacks led by pilot servitors. With the wounds of the Reef Wars renewed by the House of Wolves' betrayal, the Queen no longer abides their presence in her reef. So it was yet again, you know, another little nick against Skolas. And, you know, this is probably from Varix's point of view. He's like, these guys were not even combatants. You made suicide bombers out of innocent machines and innocent entities that they're they're doing their job but you've reprogrammed them into being you know kamikaze pilots so i i mean again another nick against skolas on that one and then i think the the last skolas kind of nod is in the the silent fang i'm gonna let it is that one and i just want to say that um i wish the pilot servitor and the prison would go ahead and just blow himself up that would make that a whole lot well, easier but it wasn't fighter. it wasn't that the pilot servitors would blow themselves up they would drive the ships into it into things so like they would they would kill themselves but they were doing kamikaze runs yeah i get it does anyone have a, else have a problem with that part of the prison though the fallen part because the roof is open i mean they got spaceships <laughs> shittiest prison ever just look up 
the stars. Like, okay, so Skolaska uh, just hail of Skith. Um, uh, go, go right, so once again, this back back to the silent thing. Commanded by the fearsome Drevis, Wolf Baroness, the Silent Fang are a unit of elite stealth warriors and assassins. Instrumental in Skolas's rise to Kelship among the wolves, the Silent Fang also menaced the Queen during the Reef War. It was Drevis and the Silent Fang who raised Amethyst and then tricked the Queen's Armada at the Battle of Iris. Though the Silent Fang suffered a serious blow when Drevis was finally thrown into the Prison of Elders, after the siege of Palace, they continued to threaten the Queen's forces until the war end. Until the wars end. So, yeah, they they were pretty bad. And if you played the game when you had to do hunt them down for the bounties, they were kind of down there where you would open up the. They were in the Hellmouth. No, they no. were. No, they the weren't. Yeah, they were. They were on Earth. They were with the cars. They were no, on there, Earth. There was, those were some of them. They were also the in story the mission. Oh, the story. Yeah, You're talking story there, mission. Okay, I'm talking. There mission. were I some in the cars. But no, for bounty wise, that's why I'm talking to Blue. They were on Earth. No, they were also weren't on Earth. There was also they were on the moon. They were on. I know where you're talking. And they about. were on yeah. Earth. They were on off all and on Mars as well. Dang, they got waxed all over the place because they were real easy. Well, the ones the ones there's, on Earth, there are three. Those of them were the hardest ones for me to murder because there was only like one or two of them, and the bounty was for like four. Oh yeah, that, that was so, yeah, that was annoying. That was a pain in the ass, dude. So, but yeah, there you go. And of course, one of the things we haven't mentioned yet about these um, cards, you get it by murdering all these people. So at mm-hmm. least you get the satisfaction if there's. Well, any of these fallen that you hate in particular, you get to murder them at some point. And that's yeah. how you get access to this information. Unless you go to ishtar-collective.net, then you can just read it on your own. Which, But, would, but it's worth saying. It's worth saying. Still murder them. Saying. You still, still do get to murder them. Still murder them. them. I mean. Exactly. Bad folks. And it looks like they're bad. They are. They are. You know, the, the silent fan calls a lot of destruction and you are the one that says, Oh, Hey, Petra, by the way, we took care of this. You just keep playing with your knife there because you're super cool. So looks like from the silent fang, we're going to move on to someone a little more intimate. Yes. In a very creepy Way, yes. <laughs> Guardian, where do you keep your ship? A fallen Go. of house judgment, he works for the Queen of the Reef. Before and during the Reef Wars, Varix was the house judgment scribe to the house wolves under Skolas. Skolas was vicious, even for a kill, and used hit and run tactics against civilians. Petra Venz believes this is what caused Varix to betray Skolas to the Queen. Varys contacted the Queen after the Fortuna plummet and told her of Skolas' plan to attack the military forces of Cybele. This led to directly to Skolas' capture. At the end of the Reef Wars, Varys declared Marisov the new Kell of Wolves and advised the fallen captured at Cybele to serve her. As a reward for his loyalty, the Queen gave Varys the key to the Prison of Elders, which he runs as a battle arena for Guardians. 
which I guess before that was just a prison. And then I was like, oh, you're, you're going to be executed by guardians. Maybe you might kill them. We'll see what happens. Well, it was you also won't. a way for them to study the guardians originally. Yeah. And also as an insurance policy against the nine. Yeah, it's true too. Which I mean, I'm I'm really hoping soon we get to learn more about the nine because they I think a lot of good things are gonna happen. Yeah. Well not probably not good for the universe of destiny. No, but good as far as lore. Don't go that route. Don't go that route. No. No, I, I think sh- I think shit's gonna hit the fan, but um So it's gonna it's- be really cool. If you want to talk about everyone's favorite house judgment scribe, um, Mr. Varick's loyal, I've got his grimoire card pulled up, uh, which I will not be reading in Varric's voice. So you get over that real quick. They call me betrayer. They do not think I hear the words. Bug. Good voice. Bug. <laughs> Insect. <laughs> I now I just sound like Patty and Selma from The Simpsons. I hear. Thank you. I hear House of Judgment. Always hears. No choice. Has to. To keep houses together. Had to. First, the great machine. Then sky fell away. Whirlwind ripped away the past. All honor lost. All hope. Judgment not. Not enough. Cannot keep wolves from kings. Scar from winter. Fell to fighting. Fell to hate. Judgment gone. Others slaughtered. Slain. Death and docking. Keep Elixni together. Lost to pride and rage. Oh my god, he sounds like Yoda. Um, traveled with the many houses before wolves. We move across the dark. Follow the light. Advise Kells we will. No, just kidding. Worshipped primes. House judgment must survive. Yes. Found the light. Too bright in darkness to hide. House winter attack. House devils plot. House kings plan. House wolves circle. House judgment wait. Now at war, fight for system, control the belt. Wolves kill dead, dying. Skolas wins control of house wolves. Attack, attack, attack. Place of learning, place of healing. Put to the burn, then siege of palace. Year of cruelty, held the line to rescue butchers, murderers, servitor. Ends with wolf fleet scattered. New tactics, detonations, blasts in civilian areas. Take the fight to them, he said. Cannot abide the hate. Uprising, they called it. Reach out to crows, to queen. Cybele attacked, stopped. Skolas captured. Ended House of Wolves with words. Paladins find me hiding, cowering. Nowhere else to go. No, no one else to be, 
no one else to be. I become Varix the loyal, house judgment envoy to the queen of the awoken. No choice, house judgment must survive. Yes. I could tell while you're reading that card that you want to do the voice so bad you should just. Oh my god! Did anyone else get a really heavy Yoda vibe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, chat's chat's going off on it. I'm very much feeling Yoda. Yeah, yeah. Go back to Dagobah. Yes. Dismantle minds or die. Your choice. Yeah, so he didn't like I don't, I don't think he betrayed anybody. Like he just he he played all the numbers. And no, anyone, he definitely betrayed Skolas. That happened. Uh, but, I don't think he did. But it was, because it they was both want the same reason. thing. It depends on the scope of the picture. I think we kind of talked about this a little bit. Exactly. But does anyone else draw a parallel with Tau? Um, it's the same. I mean, the chicken. Yeah, a little bit. A little. I can yeah, see well, where you're going with it. It's the same play. At the end of the day, it's the same play. It's the best chance that his house has of surviving. And I think that he believes that his house surviving means his culture survives. Right. Well, so in the, at the end of the day, you know, I think they want the same thing. You know, and the other thing is, and we're kind of chats kind of talking about this right now, is what exactly is the main purpose of House of Judgment? You know, what, what exactly, why are they there? Well, originally they were the glue of the fallen, you know, back think, when they yeah, were they the were kind of like the, the legislative powers of the election. It was, you know, um, the House of Winters, Kel would walk up and be like, House Hidden or whatever, because there was more fallen houses before, you know, I think we only know of the surviving ones as of right now. But be like, he stole my popcorn. Yeah, he get punished. No, yes. Green Green Eyed made a good point. You know, essential. He he. You know, house judgment might be like sentinels, which are stewards or major domos of great houses, but they're also the the like um, administrative officers, judicial officers in historical times, and so like proctors. Yeah, kind uh, yeah, kind of. It's it's basically an administrative office of different houses of like important nobles, especially around like Middle Ages and the early modern areas. Uh yeah, it was kind of like equivalent to a steward. Um but like basically the sentinel was kind of in charge of all the domestic arrangements and also in charge of all the servants. So it's not I, I wouldn't say it's exactly the same, but the administration of justice part of the sentinel was really kind of more, I think, what was going there. But and I know Damo Damo's talked about the wandering judges kind of being like because I mean, he he's introduced as a, a scribe of house judgment that lives within the house of wolves. So that makes you, you know, that makes me think of it as there are scribes of house judgment in every house. And they kind of are these, these, you know, unseen monitors to make sure that the houses are actually following the laws of the elixir. At least that was probably the point before the whirlwind. Now it's kind of, 
you know, they're falling. I, I like to think of it how like t- every TV show has a guy from standards and practices, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. FCC rep or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to make sure they, they can like run the script by him beforehand and he say, no, this is not a good idea. It's kind of, you know, like if we had affairs. one. House of Judgment yeah. is the internal affairs of the Elixir. IAB. IAB. So, well, oh, it's also in the um, which one was it? The Skull's Defeated card, where he, you know, Petra goes to give Varys a visit, mm-hmm. and he he just he speaks about his frustrations. Well, he doesn't speak about it, but he thinks about it. You know, he's like the Vex can play with time. The Hive have their gods. He's the, got the, the strength of the drag. You know, the drag strength. He's like, why do the guardians get the great machines blessing? And he actually asks if there were fallen heroes crowned in ghosts who strode in the battlefield, fearless and full of light. There weren't. There weren't. No, there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we are Denied. the guardians. Eat it, Varix. That's just. Uh, but, I mean, his point. But his point was they, uh, right. They did coats of dignity and law. So that that's where I was getting at is it does seem like there was like a, a certain set of rules for uh, this is no what house you were in. Kind of like this has probably been said, but I, I'm thinking the Sangheili. Just the more I read a the little fall. bit. I mean, the other the, I like the Skull X defeated. It doesn't have anything to do with the Reef Wars. But to put it in perspective, there's a quote. There's a line in it and it says, you know, uh, there are gods and powers converging on the system, old machines waking up, old bones whispering flatteries. They need a new way. And it's just that's to me that kind of speaks. He kind of is like reminiscing, like, why can't we have this strength? Why can't we have, you know, all this abilities that everyone around us has? They're they're kind of like the the normal, normal people in the middle of this war between Titans and they're just kind of like, please don't step on us. We're- I saw that part as him looking at opportunities. Well, no, you know? it is. It is. But it's also, he's also looking at who do I latch on to to survive? Yeah, I like the old bones whispering flatteries, mm-hmm. too. That's a great part of the card. It's like, oh, so you're familiar with the Ahamkara. Mm-hmm. Well, he's probably he's- heard about him. I mean, and so. Oh. No, go for it. I'm sure, guardian. It. I was just going to say, I'm sure that a guardian wearing uh, one of the Ahamkara pieces would have walked up to him to enter the prison at some point. <laughs> Shh, stop talking. I'm talking to someone else. Shh. <laughs> what? Yeah. No, no, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to my arm. Yeah, it, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just. Varix is a very important and very crucial part of the Reef Wars, but he's actually not like a a huge player necessarily within the reforce. He was a big part about bringing it to a close. And then that's kind of where his story kind of kicked off is the way I kind of read Varix. But, you know, again, we only have so many, per- so many points of perspective about the reforce. We've heard the awoken, we've heard skull losses kind of creepy, crazy view. Varix is kind of more pragmatic view from his like defense of why he separated himself from Skolas's kind of creed defected. And then we have the 
guardians who are, you know, they're around at this point in time. Um, and so we have, we actually have a card that actually kind of talks about the brief wars from Cade's perspective. And this is the prison of elders, the reef grimoire card. And it says Cade six overheard in a tower lounge, which is a hundred hundred percent appropriate for Cade. And it says, didn't anyone tell you about the prison of elders? Weren't you on the strike team that killed that Archon priest, the one who escaped? Okay, okay. I'll tell the story about the Prison of Elders. The Awoken will tell you that a long time ago, the Queen conquered the House of Wolves. What they won't say, because they are very serious, important people, is that the House of Wolves did a lot of the job for them. After the Queen killed the Wolf Kell, the Fallen just started competing for the throne. One of the first battles was called the Eos Clash, and I wasn't anywhere near it, but I'm pretty sure I'm not making this up. A fallen named Skolas wiped out one of his rivals in the Eos Clash, but the battle cost him so much he got to thinking, if the Reef killed my boss and gave me a chance at the throne, maybe I can use the Reef to kill all my rivals too. Pretty good, right? When they told me I had to be the Vanguard, I went to ask some fallen how I could get out of it. They just told me to kill all my friends and then myself. Anyway, everyone involved in the Civil War was starting to try to play their rivals against each other. And the Awoken, too. No one wanted to become so strong that they become a target. No one wanted to bleed their own forces dry doing someone else's dirty work. Cutthroat politics. And who's the best at cutthroat politics? That's right. Her Majesty, the Queen of the Reef. At the end of the wars, the Queen had played her way into the strongest position, and she had a collection of fallen abilities and servitors she thought might be useful to her. Of course she thought so. She just used them against every other and won absolute control of the Reef, the Belt, and the House of Wolves. She wasn't just about to toss away her playing pieces. She kept them frozen in her prison, the Prison of Elders, and she gave the keys to that prison to my buddy Varix, a fallen who showed her loyalty. The Prison of Elders is a really curious thing. It holds creatures of enormous power, not just wolf nobility, all kinds of beasts captured by Corsair expeditions or lured in by the Queen. And it holds them well. The Queen, she can do things I don't understand. There's a power behind her, or in her, that values that prison. But I hear there's a few prison breaks. Some old Kel got the old House of Wolves back together. Now she started to wake up her captives. Varix is inviting guardians out to the reef to do battle with them in an arena. Show valor, earn rewards. It's been their crucible. Maybe the queen wants her collection thinned out. Maybe guard, could the queen wants guardians in the reef to deter more unrest. Maybe the queen wants intelligence on how her prizes fight. Maybe she wants intelligence on how we fight. Whatever happens, I want you to remember that she knows, more than anyone else I've met, how to set one foe against another. And that kind of, to me, actually seems to be the more objective point of view of the Reef Wars. <laughs> like, it, it really, because we weren't, we were involved in the sense that it was taking place around the time of Twilight Gap, but we weren't actually involved in the reef. This was, this was between the awoken and the fallen, like the guardians weren't really involved at all. And so, um, the, 
that's the other i mean that's the that's the only other big important thing about the reforce i think that we really haven't touched on is the entire the entire inf- importance of it to us as guardians to us as inhabitants of the city and we kind of i mean we did kind of touch on it a little bit but the thing is is that this whole thing was set off because the fallen were gathering to to attack the city right they were they were coming to twilight gap they were coming to completely destroy the city and the wolves like justin i think i think it was you that was saying at the beginning you know this was a huge huge gathering of a house of fallen they they were an, an enormous amount of fallen and if the house of wolves had landed on earth to 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 participate in the twilight gap battle we would have lost they they would not have there would have been no way to to withstand the the onslaught and so by by throwing her people into a war the queen actually saved us as well as gaining the allies that she gained through the reforce and she kind of you know until petra kind of did her little foobar she gained an ally with the tower as well because she saved the tower she pretty much was one of the one of the reasons that the tower did not fall at twilight gap there were there were heroes on the ground but she prevented a huge huge force from joining in so now do you know how i view the whole uh, reforce action in terms of how the the whole the greater picture of what was going on at the time i read a book and it was awesome. It was about World War II, the invasion of Normandy. And it was the birth of the CIA was built from the OSS mm-hmm. and, and other agencies. And their first operation was called Operation Jedberg, which was a Scottish word. I can't remember what it meant. But um, basically, they dropped in the rear in France – and all they did for months leading up to the Normandy, Normandy invasion was uh, booby trap, subvert locals to their to their side, and just pretty much just harass everything the Germans did um, during the build up to the to the uh, invasion at Normandy. And when the when D Day finally came, um, when they finally invaded. The Jedbergs just like freaking ran around, just blowing stuff up, and and made it. They made Surprise! it to where, like, seriously, seriously, they made it to where um, the bulk of the German forces at hand couldn't even make it to the beach. Right. And honestly, well, that's why Rommel's. That was why Rommel's troops were the only ones there. Yeah, and um, my grandpa was on the beach at Normandy, so. Without them, you might not have a third co-host, co-host on well, this podcast. I'm, I'm going to have to agree with you because so was yeah. one, of, one of mine was. So, yeah. Bam. So, yeah. but No podcast no, without nope. that going on. We would not we would not be here without them. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it, it's not in – again, this, these are all – you know, there are huge tie-ins to real events here. You have, you know – you have that you have the the entire playoff you know the aeneid which was obviously based off massive wars that happened historically probably not you know 
in the way described in the Aeneid. I'm not saying that it was a mythological tale, you know, obviously that, but they were, they were, there was historical battles of that. So yeah, that was a good, that was a good connection. And I Yay! think, I think real fast, Willie's going to have to jump off. Yeah. I'm sure you boys are going to continue on. We'll soldier on for a bit. It, it is the wife's birthday, so I got happy birthday. Happy birthday. I'll see if I'll get her to listen just so see if she she looks up for that. Yeah, no. <laughs> she's, she's not as much of a nerd as I am, but I love her for putting up with my nerdiness. Will you please tell her that she's the real MVP? No, oh, trust me, she is. She knows a little too well at times. <laughs> so on that note, my shout-outs, as always, Dads and Destiny in general. Of course, my clan, Foxtrot. Always a great clan to be and always have fun with my guys here. Um, big shout-out to Bife. I hope you're enjoying your sleep, buddy. We flipping miss you. And we will we will get the Sultry Tiger back on here eventually. And um, big shout-out to everybody out there that listens to us. Like, okay. Don't understand why you like us, but I do appreciate Don't it. Say that. <laughs> Stop. Because they're going to have that revelation now. They're, they're gonna like, like, oh, <laughs> we're not supposed to be listening. <laughs> Let me just go ahead and stop doing that for the rest of my life now. So thanks, you guys, for, you know, tuning in, listening to us each week. It's truly awesome. And, you know, be back on board next week. And, uh, I think that's about it for me. So awesome. You boys awesome. have fun and I will catch you later. Have Cheers, a good one. All right. So we, that's pretty much all the views of the reforce. And so we also, you know, we kind of talked about the summary and I think the only really other big thing we did talk about payment six. Um, so, and we talked about the mar- the maraid artifact, which is interestingly enough a hunter artifact. I thought that that was kind of interesting. And the there was only actually other there was only a couple um, other armor artifacts. I guess you would call them one more hunter, which is you want to take that one, Justin, the palace ring. Yeah, it's basically a uh, queen of the reef commissioned ring for each of the survivors of the siege of palace. Yeah, which we know was not paladin rife. (laughs) Now, thanks. (laughs) And then there's also a Titan artifact called the Fortuna pendant. And this is just a necklace that's made out of the remains of the asteroid destroyed during the reforce. So obviously remember the Fortuna Fortuna. Yeah, Fortuna and the toilet were pushed together and kaboom. I don't think that's the thing. Go. <laughs> keep it. Keep, keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. <laughs> and then an interesting, interesting thing is so Ishtar, Ishtar Collective has a really cool thing that they do. They they actually historically this is all of the stuff they do. Well, there's that. They actually start. Well, anyways, they they actually keep a historical record of all the variation of different things. So items, missions bounties and this is really kind of good because one of the examples is actually what we're about to go through 
there are various versions of these. I think I have four different bounties and each one of them has a different quote. And I'm going to, Justin, you think, what do you think? You think we should just go one, two, yeah. just say the version that we're reading. So yeah. this is, I'm assuming that this is the order in which they were introduced into the game. You would have to probably confirm that with Baxter or Forrest or just tweet at them if you really want to know. Yeah. Forrest followed me on Twitter. That was mm-hmm. exciting. Forrest is awesome. She's awesome. She has a, an amazing clan. <laughs> but, um, so yeah. Okay, let's just start. To start off is the bounty gone to ground. Justin, you want to grab the first one? Yeah. Return to Petra in the Reef. Paladin Abrazir pursued the Silent Fang from Amethyst to Iris. There, Drevis sprang her trap. The Myriad. Right. Now, <laughs> what we what we had made a comment about before was before we were only operating with abstracts of the Myriad. These are actual quotes from the Myriad. And so, for example, the second gone to ground is the quote, After the Battle of Iris, the United Wolves struck at Hygieia and sacked its libraries. The reforce had begun. And this is, you know, when we were talking about the sacking of those libraries as kind of a burning of the libraries of Alexandria. This is actually what I'm talking about is Hygieia was actually known for hang on me make sure that i don't say this incorrect because i'm i'm going to i know i'm going to and so hygieia the greek goddess do we want to talk about that yeah let's talk about that while i try to find what i was yeah going so to say. actually a uh, fun fact about hygieia the greek goddess she is the root word of the word hygiene. And she was the Greek goddess of, I think, health and sanitation or something like that. Um, and basically, she was really clean. And that's where we get the word hygiene. So good job. I've, I've helped you as much as I can, Blue. I hope <laughs> as, you much as, as much as you can. Um, I think I want to say that it's in reference to 10 Hygieia, which is the largest asteroid, but let me make sure that I'm. <clears throat> yeah, so Hygieia division is the largest uh, section division of the reef cryptarchies areas like they they uh, the large oh Jesus. I love random trailers. The Reef Cryptarchy's Hygieia division is its largest, with over half the asteroid devoted to their sprawling libraries. And that's from the Hygieia Nobilis, uh, I think it's a scout rifle. And so this was a giant library, which again is another point towards the the way that I kind of see it is Hygieia was the library of Alexandria. And so, and right, Dr. Nimbus in chat is Raul is from the reef. You know, the cryptarchs that we know of, um, well, two of them that we actually have seen, both all of the cryptarchs that we've actually seen, they're both awoken. Been awoken. And so, now that's not to say uh, that. Go for it. There is such a thing as Earthborn awoken. Right. Well, no, no, no. Right. But do we know that the Earthborn awoken weren't trained? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there's there's, I mean, there's no there's a pretty strong indication that they probably weren't because of the the animosity between the Earthborn and the Reefborn. Yeah, they're but, not there anymore. 
they're not they're not really well liked. But so Hygieia was a that was a, the kind of the start. Um, that was the start of I think the descent into I guess you would call it madness or rabidness of Skolas was you know the burning of a library. Even though I think. Well, this was I mean, technically not under school, but anyways. So the third version of Gone to Ground. Yeah, um, I've got it. It's uh, uh, when the battle at Iris faded. It was not Skolas at Zyre's feet, but Skolas' bitter rival, Praxis, mm-hmm. the Howling. Skolas was now the undisputed Kell of Wolves, the Maraid. Sorry, that's how I say it in my head. Um, it's all bad emphasis. So the fifth, the fifth version, and yes, we skipped the fourth. The fourth doesn't have anything to do with the reforce. Yeah, the we don't fifth care version that. of Gone to Ground says, led by Drevis, the Silent Fang evaded the web's defenses and struck at Amethyst. Hundreds perished, including Coven leader Pinar Venge. Now. Anybody recognize that name? Petra. Yup. Sorry, did I did I ruin it? Petra. No, you did. Petra. So we also know from a I think it was yeah the Skolas defeated card that the witches raised Petra, um, which a lot of people have also made. We've also heard a lot of comments about the whispers that Petra hears and stuff like that, and. There is a not yes, Doctor Nimbus in the chat again. The Vesta web, and so it's kind of a kind of a defense mechanism, it seems. But it almost I I don't I'm not again we're not really a hundred percent sure on how naming conventions within the Woken world works. But if they have the same surname, there's reason to believe that this actually might be a family relative of Petra's. Which would indicate to why she kind of was not pleased. And she might have some animosity towards Varix a bit because he's he's just simply because he's a fallen. So He is fallen. You don't say he's a fallen. Whatever. You want to go to the sixth one? He's fallen. He's Chinese. I'm just saying. You want to be politically correct, don't you? Um, so I've got the next, um, which one am I on? Blue? Help me. Six. Six. Six I have. So, Loot Fallen Vandals wanted Fallen or Fallen Chess on Venus for Fallen Shiplinks. Yeah. Prince Aldrin discovered deep flaws in the wolves' networks. A common vandal ship link can be used to track fleet movements. The Marayid. So, the ship link is actually it's a GPS waypoint. Kind of. Yeah, I can see. But what in the hell is a here always? I don't know, but I really want to. I want to know, too, because it's in a couple of cards, and it seems to be fairly significant to them. Right, right. Just in case you're you're wondering what the hell we're talking about, I think in the Ghost Fragment Fallen, mm-hmm. I think the first? Was, uh, one of the early ones. It's a vanilla Ghost Fragment Fallen, 
And it's basically a drag or a vandal, I can't remember which, running inventory of the loot it got from something. And it's like naming all the stuff it's got, and it mentions a couple times X amount of here always. And then it shows up in the Maraid as well. So I don't know what a here always is. But moving on. Yeah, I mean... I'm not seeing any. Nothing really comes. I mean, uh, I'm trying to think. It's one of those things when we did the Elixney and when we did the Elixney one, I wanted to put it in there, but we just didn't have time. It makes me want to think about like just like little knickknacks. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it, that's whenever they say it, I just like brick a brack. Yeah. Like a fallen bobblehead. Like a Varix bobblehead. <laughs> <laughs> um, <Yes>. But <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so the seventh version of God to Ground is it says after the scatter, many would be Kells squabbled for power. In the end, only Skolos and his silent fang were left standing. And that's, again, a quote from the Maraid. So, My you know, it's it. just, again, these are just literal quotes from the collection of stories. And that's kind of the only ones from Gone to Ground. Now, the next bounty that we have that has a bit of versions <laughs> is the bounty Kel of Kells. Yes. Justin, I see you jumping on that first one. Varix wishes to honor you. Yes. The Hildian campaign had two purposes. To break Skolos's siege of palace and to position the crows for an expedition to Jupiter. The Marayid. So the second version of this bounty, the Kel of Kells, it says... Prince Aldrin's crows discovered the wolves had miscalculated the trajectory of asteroid Bamberga. A slight error, but a fatal one. And that's from the Maraid. So you can tell that this is actually kind of supporting those abstracts that we read from the Grimoire card earlier. (laughs) (laughs) So I've got Kel of Kells 3. Um... Paladin Rife set course for Vesta with her captives in tow. The Reef rejoiced, but Skolas caught up to her at Palace. Yes. Am I right, Ed? We all know how that ended. Yeah. I think she might have died. She wasn't she, victorious. She was not victorious. Stupid well, she shader. She was victorious up to that point. That's the last time I trust a shader to make stupid comments. Podcast. <laughs> And then the fifth, the fifth version of this bounty was, um, it says, Paladin Rife forced Drevis's ship directly into Bamberga's path. Drevis's catch was destroyed, and she and her high servitor were captured. And so this is, again, just a more specific statement that backs up that abstract. And we, you know, again, the crows were responsible for stealing that information, that intelligence, and they used it to pretty devastating effect. And then we have 
again, the hunt. yeah, the hunt, the hunt for Skolas. And this is actually the second version of the bounty. Um, again, we're just picking the ones that have something to do with the Reef Wars. Exactly. And as the others banded together at what the Earthborn call the Twilight Gap, the wolves were denied Earth. The Mariad. <laughs> <laughs> It never gets old. It's never. It's not going to get old. I, I now, from agree. now on, from now on, every time I end a sentence, I'm going to pause, <laughs> tilt my head, and go. The Mariad. <laughs> and then we have the second version of the bounty. Welcome to the reef. Um, and this one is just simply. This simply says: Years ago, the wolves made their den inside the asteroid Ceres. The queen drove them out by destroying Ceres with her harbingers. So, again, just kind of that, that was the start of the Reef Wars was that entire event. And that's what's called the scattering. And I'm thinking that is it. Boom. I think, I, I'm like I said, I was kind of out without internet this week. So I apologize if I missed something from chat. I'm trying to remember if we, I know we talked about lot about it as we read the grimoire cards so i think we nailed most of it oh thank you dr nimbus so clarification on the vesta web that is a defense or a really big habitat ring according to dr nimbus nimbus from the chat so yeah yeah vesta is the crown jewel of the reef it, i mean i think that's a pretty fair assessment of vesta it seems to be Vesta is in in their culture synonymous with royalty, uh, and you can hear it in weapons like Vestian Dynasty. Um, and I think there's actually a card where they say don't don't stray too far from Vesta. It's like their guiding star. Blue. Uh, did I speak out of turn? No, you did not speak out of turn. I'm I'm. Bam. Nimbus is asking. Uh, Reef Society. Yes, we can. Nimbus. So, Reef Society is matriarchal. Yes. So, um, males in Reef Society are not significant, not even in the least. Um, the fact that Aldrin is given any spot of honor whatsoever by by Mara uh, denotes her power, her deference for him. I mean, like he's a special individual. Basically, there's not a lot of males in places of power within the reef society. Um, is that a pretty fair assessment, Blue? I want to say yes. Um, I think so. Eh, some of the Tetune names sound male, but I don't know if that's just my sexist self assigning a male visage to a to a name. I mean, I don't know that Shiro and Sedia. Yeah, and I, I'm. Shuro sounds like a guy to me, but that's just me. No, I, I that, want to say the nothing. Coven are all female. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, <laughs> which is, um, wait, but I hesitate. The reason I'm hesitating is because of what do we call the hive females, wizards? So to call something a witch in Destiny yeah. parlance doesn't actually necessarily. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily a, mean. All right, so I want to give a huge shout out to Uni. Uni sis for pretty much 
taking on and designing what has become to known as Lorebot 1286. And if you don't know what this, what I'm talking about, that's probably because you're not in our Discord chat, and, and you should really should jump in there because it's getting to be really interesting. We're we're automating a lot with chatbots, and Uni has designed a chatbot that we hit a command, and it will pull up from Ishtar. It will automatically search Ishtar for you. You can tell it to pull an automatic card. And one of the coolest things that I think about it is, is that it's actually going to allow us to pull specific weapons. And so we're going to start doing kind of a daily uh, weapon trivia, I think is what he, he was kind of talking about doing. And so amazing work from Uni on that one. And then my other shout out is, is to Google Fiber because I have internet because of them. Holy. It's whoa, whoa, amazing. whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't have internet. Yeah. You've got Skynet. <laughs> no, Holy I sent, Have you guys I seen? A, I sent a speed test out to, tweet it. out to people. And yeah, it was like, uh, I think it was 950 megs down or 945 megs down, 950 megs up. So just a bit of an upgrade. You had like better not come times. back to Texas because I'm punching you. In the <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> Literally, the the con- if you just want to compare comparatively, <laughs> discuss internet connections. Blues, blues are his his like uh, his informational packets or whatever you call them, are like bullets from a gun, and mine are uh, the like messages on pigeons. <laughs> and then sometimes the pigeons they just get errant what? and they fly to different places. That's the. F- that's I dropped my phone. That's how disgusted I am with that damn download speed. Is that yeah. that's almost like it's what it's, is that? It's roughly it's 60, almost a gigabyte. Yes, it is. It's fiber. I did a gigabyte down. Um, it's gigabyte roughly sixty times the fastest that AT and T was providing randomly. What is and, it? Is it Google Fiber? Mm-hmm. Yep, Google Fiber. Who do, yeah, I yeah. Who do I have to bribe is my question. Google. Uh, well, well, if the rumors about Google are true, they know that I want their fiber. So <laughs> already just from this conversation. So, okay, guys. So I hope you enjoyed the reforce. And also I'd like to give my shout out to this point. So blue cop. Yeah. Blue stop gabbing about his fiber. Um, I would like to give a great big shout out to Grim Reaper 0380. He was in the live chat a little earlier and he's all the way from Finland and had some really kind words for us. And uh, I think it's just awesome. We have viewers Finland, like, and even the ones here, I mean, like nobody's better than anybody else, but it's awesome. I never thought that anything I said would reach out that far. So I just want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for making us a part of your day, anyone who listens. Um, And then I'd like to also thank Forrest and Baxter from last week from Ishtar-Collective.net. Did I say that right, Blue? Yes. Okay, cool. Remember the dash. Remember the dash. Remember the dash because if not, you go to another site that's not even regarding Destiny. I don't know what they sell, but I visited them a lot. So, um, 
Yeah, anyways, check out ishtar-collective.net. If you're serious about lore or if you just wonder what the hell we're talking about and you just want a little bit of clarification, check them out because it's really easy. It's all search engine database forms, so all you have to do is search keywords and you'll get all the cards regarding that keyword. Um, pretty awesome, actually. Big shout-out to my clan, DOD Chatter White Crew, got to. And uh, also another big shout-out to Bife. Sorry I missed you, but... Um, he's focused fire family. He'll be back. Not really worried about that one. Stack up, stack up, stack up. And anyone. Okay. So for the record, anyone who doesn't understand what we're talking about with the stack up, go, uh, we're going to be, we'll, we'll be releasing a shorter video, but basically go and look at the Sunday night archive from this. You should week. watch that whole thing. It is a little bit ridiculous. We, so, we coerced Bife into playing infection on Halo that, five with us. Honestly, I got to, I've gotten to talk with Bife while I played. I've gotten to talk with Bife while he played. I've got to talk with Bife while we both played separate games, <laughs> but I've never gotten to play with Bife before. <laughs> And the talking was on like next level. So check it out. (laughs) Pretty awesome. Okay. So with that, we'll begin to wrap up the chat. Thank you again to all those over on Twitch for coming to spend the evening with us. If you'd like to join us, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash chat. Links to all our sites can also be found with our episode archives over on www.focusfirechat.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com without any, with any feedback, questions, or topics you'd like to see us tackle in our new YouTube videos that we're in the process of putting together, the Lore 101 series, and Justin's Spinfoil Corner. We try to keep to the scheduled Wednesday night streams of the chat, starting at approximately 10 p.m. Central, but we, if you have any variations, we always make sure to let everyone know through our Twitter account, at focusfirechat. So, until next time... The Lore Band marches on.